Disclaimer, we know nothing really about Formula One. Sometimes we make wild accusations and wild ideas based on only what we think might be true. I like to be very clear in the fact that we are not experts and we have no idea what we're talking about. Welcome to F1 Purple Rain with me, Dom. And me, Ryan. This is not a sport. No, this is this is just the F1 Purple Rain non-sporting podcast. Non-sporting podcast. As we slowly ease our way away from this. Well, I, I wouldn't even call it scripted because the FI haven't got involved in anything, but I would say it's um, manufactured sport. It's 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 not a sport because there's no competitive. There's nothing competitive about it. We go into every every race weekend knowing who's going to top every session, who's going to win the race every week. So there's absolutely no like we're watching races for second place or sometimes third. So. I know. And it just makes me laugh as well. People say that uh, Perez is in the equal car, but I really don't think so at this stage. Mm. There's no way. You can, I mean, I, and, and that we're witnessing greatness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if greatness sounds like that on the radio to his engineer, I don't want to be a part of it. No, um, I think as I, I said yesterday, I don't think I've ever became so disillusioned with a sport so quickly. Just... Um, and um, I honestly think this is me done this year. I followed well, the sport since like two thousand and fucking like one, when I was like ten, eleven, watching like Mika Hakkinen and Schumacher drive, and now. I, 22 years, later, 22 years later, I'm like, what's the point? Yeah. I mean, I sort of have the same the same thoughts, to be honest. I don't mean, I don't know what that means for the podcast. This could be the last season. Maybe we do a podcast. No, no I've, I have, I have already came to a compromise for us. I think that next season we should cover F2 and the F1 Academy. Yeah? Okay. I like I like Ryan's making uh, pivotal managerial decisions without consulting me at all until we get onto the pod. I've already decided we will cover F two and F one Academy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the first I've heard of either of those ideas. And uh, what do you think? Yeah, mate, I'm keen for trying something different because it is getting repetitive. Um covering the same thing it happens the same every race i mean we i mean i was so confident that this is what how the rest of the season is going to go as you guys will be aware i put money put my money where my mouth is and i've been making money i won another tenner this weekend i'm now rolling in the cash just betting on for Stappen to win every race why not yeah. why not make free yeah. money <laughs> exactly 
Why not make free money on a sport that isn't competitive so you know who's going to win before it even starts? Exactly. And uh, he's already just done his uh, engine upgrades, so he'll have a pretty good uh, engine for his home race. And please, you cannot tell me that he's not going to win that. So there's another yeah. free bit of money. Yep, obviously he has a, new, a brand new gearbox as well. So, I mean, interesting that halfway through the season that he's now... Mm replacing everything but he's in such a position in that car where he can go yeah. all the way to the back of the grid and still win the race yeah do you know what's actually funny is that he has took a penalty for a brand new gearbox but they have already said that perez will not be taking any new gearboxes for the rest of the season he'll use his allocation of course that makes so that means obviously that his car will not be performing as well as it should be because his gearboxes will be wrecked towards the end of the year yeah which will just make an even more gap to Mr. Max Verstappen, Golden Boy, guy who is the cost cap, the cost cap champion, human error cost, champion. Cost what, what, cap, else, what else is Cost he? cap champion. Well, he is. If you look at all the, if you look at the rest of the years and champions, people were winning championships, but had people actually challenging them for titles. People were bringing upgrades. Whereas now in this new cost cap era. One team who obviously cheated her miles ahead and nobody else can catch up with them because they'll break the cost cap and get fined. One team to rule them all. One team to bind them. One team to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. Poor <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is Sauron, isn't he? <laughs> oh, have, we, have we done this reference before? It feels familiar around I don't know. We we did so well with like the Lord of the Rings references, and now we're back with the Lord of the Rings references. References. Okay, so enough of Lord of the Rings. Well, at least we're not <laughs> Harry we'll Potter anymore. A, so. maybe, maybe we'll do a twelve-hour uh, podcast episode where me and Dom do running commentary of Lord of the Rings trilogy non-stop. <laughs> so, okay. So uh... on. So obviously, this was a sprint weekend because. Why Why would you have, why would you not have a sprint in possibly the longest track that the grid has this year? Yeah, I mean. A, a track notorious for um, races being suspended, delayed, safety cars all over the show. You know, it's just notorious for not getting a full run. And here we are at a sprint weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's Another the... classic great decision that the FAA's made. Yeah, I mean, it's a colossal... Fuckfest. Um, excuse my language. Nat. It's a, it's a colossal joke. It's a bloody marathon. It's the longest track on the grid. It's a marathon, not a sprint. But oh, hey ho. And it's not a track that's difficult to overtake. So there's interesting things happening all the time. The whole point of sprint uh, was well, to spice and, it up. Um, overtakes, we will um, cover when we get to the sprint. As possibly the most controversial moment of the weekend happened on the Saturday. Um, so we will just quickly cover the qualifying on the Friday. So obviously we had wet qualifying at the start. And then the track slowly dried up towards the end in Q2 and Q3. And that's qualifying done on the Friday. Yeah, I mean, uh, drying track. Top three, Perez, Leclerc, Verstappen. 
and that's qualifying. So yeah, to know. Uh, but obviously Verstappen took a five place grid penalty, so he would start from sixth after qualifying because he changed his. <laughs> Sorry, is gearbox. Um, Oscar Piastri, I qualified Lando Norris on Friday. Russell, back to doing well, is an eighth. Alonso and Stroll. Well, I mean, let's talk about Russell. If anything was interesting about this session, it would be uh, Russell being... Oh, was it the shootout? Or was it this one that was last every second? It was, it was the shootout. It was the shootout. Uh, well, let's not talk about Russell. Moving swiftly on. No. No. Now, for those so, of you that... are unsure about this session, as you can see, we still talk over each other. So that is the qualifying for the race. Put that all to one side. Now we're going to talk about completely about something completely different where we have a sprint shootout, which is like qualifying, but American. And this will determine where they start in the sprint race that we'll have on the same day later that day. So this is the sprint shootout. Yeah, and as you can probably tell, we gloss over quite a lot because we are so disinterested in anything that's going on anymore. And we actually don't know if people are still listening to this podcast, but we will still put it out for your listening pleasure. So, the sprint shootout, which was for the sprint later on, on the Saturday afternoon. Um, what the? Oh, sorry, I was reading, I get confused by the times I was reading there. So, we had Nico Hockenberg, who didn't even set a lap, as... Uh, sorry, quite tired. As Haas completely fucked it up with the strategy, they decided to leave him to go out until the very, very, very last second. And he missed to complete the hot lap by two seconds. <laughs> he crossed mm. the line two seconds too late. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. What a gr- and I think they took they had them out anyway before on Inders and just kept bringing them in for pit changes for pit stops, <laughs> changes tires. Absolutely ridiculous. We lost Hobbsy Hulkenberg, Guan Yu Zhou, Magnuson, Bottas, and Sonoda all in Q1. Then Q2. So just one yes, thing. S Q2. S in SQ1. George Russell, by the skin of his teeth, made it out of that. Oh, yes, yes. He, I think it was not point dot two three or something like that was what he um scraped through by. Mr. Fucking Lucky over here. Mr. Saturday. <laughs> Mr. Saturday. Uh, then we got to an interesting SQ2 where uh, the track was still pretty wet. And uh, one driver decided to go out on the slick tires. Now you would imagine that he would go out on to the soft tires, which would are, are the best compound. Hot, flaming hot soft tires on a wet on a wet drying track is better because you get more grip. Though unfortunately, due to the FIA's infinite wisdom that keeps delivering gifts every single week, they decided not to declare. Spa a wet track because they did not want all the teams to go out and use whatever tires they wanted during any session. So they decided not to declare a wet track so that if it was dry and they would still have to go out and use the medium tires in, Q- in SQ2, which, which is, is what unfortunately happened to Lance Stroll as he had to go out onto the mediums 
and then he abs- he, he he broke in to the corner of No Name and absolutely smashed it into the wall, destroying his front wing and front right tyre. Red flag in the session and stopping his teammate from even being able to start a lap. And yeah, so the session did not continue after, which was ironic because if he went out in softs, he probably wouldn't have had that incident and probably would have been fine to continue and set a lap time. So because of Lance Stroll's crash, Albon, Sergeant Stroll himself and Alonso were not able to set a time and therefore were knocked out of SQ2. I mean, this because... is the wet weather specialist, Lance Stroll. Yeah. To be fair, I'm going to side with Lance and be like, that was not really his fault. But if you they go around... It, they, they risked it, they risked it, got at mediums. But obviously with the track still being a bit damp, they couldn't fire up the tyres as much as they could. But if the FA had declared it a wet track, he could have went in softs and probably would have made it through to Q3. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I completely understand the point about the FIA being a joke and actually super dangerous by not declaring it a wet track. Okay, that forcing drivers. To, I mean, what if that happened in Q1 where they would have been forced to put the hards on? <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't understand their, their logic behind certain things. Like they, they literally caused an accident. Yeah. But I also think, it's annoy- it annoys me about like, this sport is someone does one good thing and then they're, they're, they're redeemed as the specialist. Like, wet weather specialist, people use that still to, to describe Lance Stroll, even though he had one good session in the wet, but he's had 50 bad ones in the wet. And yeah, then, his, and then... his, one, his one good session was Turkey 2020, maybe? Wasn't it 2020, Turkey? Yeah. I think, or 19, one of the two, 2019, 2020, I think, one of the two. Uh, that's when he got his podium, wasn't it? And then, not um, forgetting, George Russell was called Mr. Saturday. Now, this goes back all the way to Williams when he was competing against Latifi. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, the car didn't have the pace in the race, so he, he's now being called Mr. Saturday. <laughs> like, are you having it's, a joke? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's just not a joke. But that is how Sky are feeding us utter shite. And just to let you know that George Russell just about made it through into SQ3. He finished 10th in that session as well. He was last of every session. Just yeah. Useless. Pathetic. Absolutely embarrassing. Embarrassing. And then we got to SQ3, where ironically, the track dried. So everyone was out on their soft tyres. And Yastri. Yeah, Phenomenal lap by Oscar Piastri. Yeah. Only not point not not um, nine behind Max Verstappen. That is a phenomenal lap from the rookie. I think someone would call Oscar Piastri the best rookie since Lewis Hamilton. Wow. Wow, that's good. That's interesting considering Max Verstappen's the one, youngest person to win a race. And the youngest person to score points. So yeah, but that's a, that's a great accolade. Yeah, completely bypassed that great white hope. Right. Yeah. 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 And you fit the other field for every rookie who's came in after two thousand eight. Oh. 
the Ferraris, the Ferraris looked like they had good pace. Carlos Sainz again was only um, a couple hundredths of a second behind um, Piastri and Verstappen. Good pace from him. He's out qualified Charles Leclerc. Lando Norris uh, for the back end fifth. Gasly put in a great lap to go into sixth for his um, for the shootout. And then we have Lewis Hamilton in seventh, who himself said that he could have been fighting for first or second in qualifying if, well, there was a certain incident, um, I believe. Well, yeah, I mean, George the Enderman Russell locked up. He was ahead of Hamilton as they were both starting their hot laps. Locked up to the point where Hamilton caught him on his hot lap, and then decided to race him down the main straight and mess up his lap, trying to keep his foot so, down after he already yeah. lost all the time in that first corner. He should have pulled out, but instead decided he's going to drag race up a rouge with Hamilton. Yeah. So Hamilton was slowing down at the very last corner in traffic to get himself some space. George Russell blasted past him and then started his hot lap with Hamilton behind. Russell then locked up and then turned right into Hamilton, which then compromised Hamilton ex- Hamilton's exit from turn one. Then, like Dom said, you would probably think, oh, well, he knows he's ruined his lap, he'll get out of the way. No, he continued to drive in front of Hamilton, <laughs> go through Rouge, and then bailed out of the lap after the top of Rouge, um, which then made Hamilton back out and then ruined his entire lap. Uh, which, but, but the team have took a full accountability and have not blamed the drivers. <laughs> Of course. I mean, what I don't get is why they're not on the radio the minute. This is, Hamilton's one behind you. You're you're already down, letting past. But I still think yeah. it's Russell, all Russell's fault. I, I, I think it's Russell's fault. Hamilton had the pace the whole weekend, but Russell didn't. And Russell compromised himself and his teammate and threw away probably really good points for the team. Uh, and I want to say that if this was Mercedes three to four years ago, there would have been a, there would have been stuff said. Yeah. No way Toto would have let that go back in the day. No, but I mean, now I... he just seems completely dis- now he just seems completely disinterested. It is interesting, isn't it? It feels a little bit like they're not bothering anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's... it's like that. It just it just just feels like Mercedes and Toto just are completely disillusioned with everything that's going on and don't even bother. And it's Hendron Lewis who is obviously trying to make the team good again. Yeah, moving on to the sprint. Yeah, so miniature race. The sprint. Yeah, the sprint. So the sprint race was going to be fifteen laps round Spa, Frankenstein, but unfortunately, it was delayed because of rain. Which a lot of the drivers were happy about, and then we finally got off to a rolling start behind the safety car. So we did one formation lap, which then moved into two formation laps, and then we started the race behind the safety car, on which the race was then shortened from fifteen laps to eleven, paying hundred pounds to see eleven laps. Fuck me. And then we had 11 laps, you would think, of pure racing. But then, so at the start of the race, uh, the track was obviously drying. So after the formation, they say the car pulled in, half the cars went in to go on to drives. 
and then half the cars stayed out because obviously it would cause absolute carnage with all 20 cars going to the pit lane. Hmm. So Piastri led his first race, but then was quickly swallowed up by Max Verstappen. And then Fernando Alonso binned it. Clipped, clipped the curb and smashed him himself. Well, he done a 7.20 spin. <laughs> and then end up in the gravel. That caused a safety car, which lasted for three laps. And in the end, we got six laps of racing <laughs> on a Saturday in a sprint. Six laps. Six laps of racing, people. We got six laps. I don't know if I emphasize this enough, but we had six laps of racing. <laughs> How many run? We had six laps of racing. And to put it in the context, Verstappen ended up winning the race by 6.7 seconds. 6.677 seconds. So he was 1.1 second a lap faster than the car behind. Well, I mean, it's actually more he than He ended up 39 seconds ahead of Snowda, who was last. It's more than that, Ryan, because what lap did the safety car come in? I cannot remember. I think he's only had three laps. So he's actually done two laps a second fast, faster to finish the race six seconds yeah. up the road. It's just uh, it's just pointless. So, um, but that is not the main talking point. So the main talking point from the sprint race is you, we want these cars to be able to fight side by side and have really good, intense, close racing. And that's exactly what we got for two corners. So Lewis Hamilton chasing down um, Perez for fourth place. Perez goes in deep into turn 13, I think it might have been, 13, 14. Compromises his exit. Lewis Hamilton gets a phenomenal exit. Goes on the inside, pulls up alongside um, Perez into the next corner. Slightly, then goes slightly ahead on the inside, which by the FIA's own rules, if you're on the inside and you're more than half a car's length to the other car, that is your corner. You're entitled to go for that corner and you should have that corner and the car on the outside should then be in theory in the wrong. So Lewis Hamlin goes on the inside, slightly touches the curb, which causes a wee bit of understeer. He then goes over and touches and hits Perez. And then Lewis does him and takes him. And then within one lap, Lewis was handed a five-second time penalty for causing a collision with another car. So obviously Perez had to retire from the race due to the damage to the side pod that Lewis caused. But I have no idea how the fuck they have gave this penalty. I mean, within one lap is unheard of. Unheard of. It was a it was not a joke. I've never seen a penalty like that in my life. It was it was just racing, it was racing instant. Both drivers were going for a corner. Lewis seen a gap and was like, he's entitled to go for it. He went for it. And unfortunately he touched Perez. But obviously in this day and age, if you go anywhere near Red Bull, <clears throat> you're automatically penalized as they cannot be touched. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is the sport, isn't it? This is the state of the sport. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. The one driver who goes for a move, a really good move, gets penalised for it. And that dropped Hamilton from fourth 
all the way down to seventh, which the cost Mercedes more points. Yeah, lost them three points. And then uh, we also had uh, Sergeant received a five second time penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Came in too hot. And the two DNFs that we had were, as Ryan said, Alonso and Perez. Followed up by Sonoda, Hulkenberg, Sargent, Guanyu Joe, Magnussen, Bottas, Albon, Stroll, and Ricardo coming in at 10th, who looked like, I mean, if it was a race, would have scored a point. But because it's the sprint, points only start from 8th upwards, and they're very little points at that. Then rolling in, ninth we have Ocon. Eighth, Enderman Russell. Seventh, because of the penalty, Lewis Hamilton. Sixth, Lando Norris, whose McLaren car for Piastri and Norris were completely set up for wet weather racing for the whole weekend. So that's why they were quick in all wet and damp sessions. Uh, signs in at fourth. Gasly, fantastic, um, fantastic strategy call from the team. The team actually looked like they got something right on that uh, session for the first time in a long time with all the stuff that's going on in, in Alpine at the moment, they've lost uh, Op Mart. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Well, yeah, well done. I was trying to think of his first name, but I couldn't get it. And uh, they lost a, a, another... Sapphire? Sapphire Opmar, isn't it? Nope. Oh, I made it up. Sapphire, yep. Diamond. Diamond, Sapphire and Ruby. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Pokemon games? Yes. Um, Sapphire Otmar. Sapphire Otmar. Nice. Uh, And they also lost a heck tentacle guy, Alpine, as well. So they're having a big reshuffle at the moment because they're underperforming. I thought you said tentacle. A big tentacle guy. Fucking hell. I was like, who the fuck's this? They've lost lost, lost Sapphire and and tentacle. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Past Ian at two. Great race from him. He is looking hot. Hot, hot, hot. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I just want to, like, one thing which I was reading about it um, from the sprint is the sprint lasted 11 laps. So how can the penalty system still be the same for a race that lasts for a full length race? That is a great point. That's a great point. So what? Hamilton would, so Hamilton, if he was racing in a full length race, would have received a five second time penalty for that incident. But then he would have had 30 more laps to put in a five second gap. Whereas here he had four. Yeah, it's a really good point. But that needs to change. That needs to change 100%. This is what. Yeah, and- yeah, and uh, I was also on the steward side of things. It is the same steward who was there for Abu Dhabi 2021. The guy who owns a Honda dealership. Interesting. Yeah, and according to the FAA's own rules, a, you cannot be a steward if you have a personal interest or stake in any of the teams that are racing in or outside of the Formula 1 sport. Really, really interesting. So by FAA's own um, rules and regulations, one, Hamden should not have got a penalty for that. It would have been should have been classified as a recent incident. And two, the steward who handed him the penalty should not even be involved in the sport. And that steward in question is the guy who called Max Verstappen the Great White, the Great White Hope. Yeah, 
of Formula One. Doesn't sound like he has an agenda, does it? Nope. Mm. Hmm. Another good reason, guys, why the sport is dead. Moving on. The starting grid for the race. Now, because of Verstappen's five-place penalty that he received for the additional gearbox elements. Gearbox? Gearbox. Yes, there's additional gearbox elements. He took the five-second grid place for the main race, which meant that Charles Leclerc uh, was promoted up to starting on the front row. Perez in P2, Hamilton in P3, Sainz in P4, Piastri in P5, and Verstappen then rolled in at P6. The other drivers to receive some penalizations, some penals, some penalizations. Some penals. Uh, Magnuson. <laughs> Magnuson penalizes three, three great, three great places for impeding another driver during qualifying, and Hulkenberg was required to start from the pit lane after a car was modified whilst under park Fermi conditions. Yes, he was. So the full grid in 20th we have Hulkenberg, 19th Danny Ricardo, 18th Logan Sargent, 17th Guan Yu Joe, 16th Kevin Magnussen, 15th Alexander Albon, 14th Ocon, 13th Bottas, 12th Gasly, 11th Sonoda, 10th, 10th, <laughs> Lance Stroll in 9th, Ocon in 8th, Norris in 7th, George the... What the fuck are you reading? Uh, what are you reading? The starting grid of the I, oh, I just did the starting grid from front to back. I don't know why you're going... Oh. I don't know why oh, you're... Re... I don't know I... why you're redoing it. I thought you were oh, doing... Apologies. I thought I... you were doing I... the I... race. Oh, no, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot! I just did the whole starting grid, front to back. Well, well, just ignore what I said. <laughs> out. Okay, should we move on to the race? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't know what you're reading. Well, I think you just decided we're going to finish the race right now. <laughs> I didn't know what's going on. Sorry. Yeah, it's because we don't, we don't normally do the starting grid. That's why. Yeah. So the race. Um, as usual, I did not. See, I did not see it. <laughs> Classic. Um, all I know is that uh, Lewis Hamilton got a point for fastest lap, and that Sainz drove in, squeezed Piastri into the wall, causing Piastri to DNF, and then which later then caused Carl Sainz to DNF, and then Sainz came out and said that Piastri was too over optimistic and ruined his own race. Well, I did watch the race. I mean, you might think this is ridiculous that two people will do a podcast about uh, Formula One racing and one of us never watch. Always one of us misses the race, but uh, this is how we roll. Yep. Um. So it was a more or less dry session. There was going to be uh, elements of rain. Um, they said that from the start of the race, about 20 minutes in. To be honest, the rain came and the rain went and it was, at best, moist. It was not wet at all, Moist. but it meant it meant all of the teams held out longer than they would have liked on the tyres because they thought that they might need to save a pit stop to switch onto the intermediates. 
but it never came. Every tire, every team run dry tires the whole way through the race. But it did put it did throw all the strategies out for a lot of teams because a lot of teams didn't know when to pit. Some uh, just decided to pit as normal. Some of them tried to really hang out and see if they could get gain a free pit stop. Um, teams like Gasly and Albon they tried that. They went basically took the soft as long as possible in the hope they can switch <laughs> to an intermediate. Um, did that did that work for them? Did it work? Yeah, I think it was all right, but it wasn't great. I mean, they took the soft twenty three laps. Fair so. play. Uh, only Sonoda took his medium to twenty four laps. Hulkenberg twenty four laps. Sergeant to twenty four. Um, but yeah, the standout was uh, Gasly on the soft, holding up to uh, see if they could gain something free, but they did not. I mean, he didn't score any points, so. Yes, well uh, done, Pierre Gasly. After the start, there was a pretty dramatic uh, incident immediately when Carlos Sainz locked his wheels into the first corner, turned into Piastri, who was on the inside, and then blamed Piastri. Now, it was noted that that was a racing incident in the end, but Carlos Sainz has since come out and still believes that Piastri is in the wrong and, and completely ruined Piastri's race, causing a DNF for Piastri and eventually a, a DNF for Carlos Sainz that managed 23 laps with no side pod. Absolute joke from Sainz and uh, disgusting that he's still not taking the taking any credit any credit for that incident because from my understanding, if you've and the minute you lock a wheel, you've lost control of the car. It then immediately come, becomes your your fault. Am I wrong? No, I don't think so. No, 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 no you're right. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Carlos Sainz in his world um, can do no wrong. Takes no accountability for what he's done. Not only did he ruin his own race, he ruined Oscar's race as well. And Oscar probably could have challenged for um, at least top five. Yeah, 100%. They had good pace. Um, other than that, it was pretty boring. Of course, um, Max Verstappen capitalized on the instant and moved his way up. And then was not long before uh, we settled down to DRS and he just reeled everybody in. Um, yeah, I've seen some clips of him of his overtakes and Sky were like proper, like making them sound like they were amazing overtakes. You're like, no, they're just DRS assisted. Yeah, no, it's, he has the fastest, he has the fastest car and the most powerful DRS. Of course, he's going to be people. Um, Sainz believes that uh, he was going to get Hamilton on that corner for some mad reason, but uh, and it's all Patsy's fault. But yeah, Verstappen just capitalizing all of it, stayed out of, the, out of trouble. Why would you get involved in any wheel to wheel action when you know once DRS kicks in, you're just going to fly on by on the massive straight? Yeah, well, this is a guy who's came out and said this weekend that he wants to increase his gaps at the front so he doesn't have to wheel to wheel race with anyone. Which is a good thing for him, considering his wheel-to-wheel racing is shocking. But also, yeah, uh, all, all intents and purposes, it um, seemed pretty boring. Like, Hulkenberg in 18 finished 110 seconds behind Verstappen. Uh, 
Like, then, there is absolutely no challenge to any of his dominance, which is a joke, as that is what we were promised at the beginning of these new regulations, is that every race would see a different winner and we would get more wheel-to-wheel and close battles between the entire grid. Um, but we got fucking nothing. We were, we were all lied to. Yeah. It's not... It's not real racing when you can just breeze on by. And it, honestly, sometimes the overtakes, it looks like they're in a different car, like an yeah. F2 car. It's a joke. There's been 15 races this year, and Red Bull have won all 15 of them. That's the sport. This has been yep, us. And <laughs> that is us ending on a high note, as per usual. And join us next time. Well, the Riddix race is in four weeks' time at the end of August. Yeah. So we've got a four-week gap. We will try to put some mid-summer podcasts out on random sports. Maybe we'll finally get down onto the Days of Thunder podcast and we'll get down onto some of the other ideas we've talked about throughout the year. It's a big old summer break. Hopefully we'll yeah, come back um, and uh, be a bit different. Speaking of Days of Thunder, we should do... Um, commentary on Christopher Nolan's favourite film. Do you know what that is, Dominic? I do not. So Chris Nolan was asked what film he puts on whenever he's out and about or travelling somewhere. And do you know what film he said he puts on? Go on. Talladega Nights. <laughs> and the podcast guy was like, seriously, Talladega Nights? He goes, well, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> So yes, that has been us covering Spa. <laughs> this has been this has been me, Ryan. <laughs> this has been me, Tom. Oh yeah, by the way, the top three was Leclerc, Perez, and Verstappen. That's it. You've yeah, been told the race. How am I going to lap and science Piastri DNF? Well done. Boom. That's, that's been us. Enjoy that's listening. Us. The next episode will yeah. be better because we won't be talking about the racing anymore. Exactly. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks everyone for listening. If you'd like to get in touch, please write into the podcast at f1purplerain at gmail.com. Or get in contact with us through our Instagram page at f1purplerain.